Hey, thanks for joining us on another episode here of About Faith. We've been having some good testimonies. We've been trying to get this one for a while now, right? <laughs> yes, for a while. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were able to stop by and share your testimony with us. We have my brother in the Lord and then Laker brother. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we have uh, Elder Paul Taylor Sr., here today how are you doing today oh man blessed i'm so glad that you decided to stop by and share with us here testimony i'm pretty sure people as they listen they are here your enthusiasm for god and the things of god and i know you have some wise words of you know and y'all oh yeah i know i play with you and call you oh you're not really <laughs> old but i know you have some wise words for you know us young people you know what i mean on us stand with god and you know how to serve the lord with the same you know energy and 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 give that same energy that people want to come and serve him because I mean if it you look like you're so if, if just other people outside feels like you know it's dull, right. boring. Why would they want to come serve serve your God when it seems like you don't even enjoy serving your God? Yeah, so that's right. That's <laughs> um, right. So I'm pretty sure uh, today you know people will get to see just a different, uh, just something different and something. Uh, Something exciting. Just heard some exciting things about God. I know I don't want to put too much pressure on your testimony, oh, but man. I mean, I know you're going to just, <laughs> I know there'll be some great things that'll be said. And I always start off by just asking people to kind of tell us about themselves, you know, where they were from, how they were raised, you know, just different. Like, what was your childhood experience like, you know, so people can kind of get to know who you are? Yeah, most definitely. Well, been here all my life here in Dallas, Texas, um, 44 now. And, um, some of the highlights I think about growing up in my household, I'm the oldest of six kids. So, oh, man. yeah, wow. yeah, it's, it's quite. You know, <laughs> there's one I think everybody who that knows who that one person is that I tease quite a bit that quote unquote could possibly be possibly possibly be adopted. But uh-huh. you know, <laughs> I'm the oldest of six, so our house, household man, it was um, we didn't have much, yeah, but because we had each other, right? Uh, and you know, growing up in a household with both. Both set of parents. Um, mom was the core um, yeah. for for me mainly. Uh, I really I'm gonna say followers. I think and, and not just me, not just for the six of us, but I think our uh, majority of our family. Yeah. We have different loved ones, different cousins that would say, "Man, your mom was this, you know, your dad was that." So yeah. I had one cousin who told us, "Man, y'all were like the Huxtables to me." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you have both set of parents, and we could just come over and be ourselves. So most summers, man, a few of our cousins would come over, and it was really, it was really like a constant family reunion. Yeah. Um, funny moments through the roof, man. And But the, the core of it was mom raised us in church. So we was at church every time the church door was open. Yeah. Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, 7.30. Yeah. That's how we know it was church. So. Yeah. Were you, was your mom already saved by the time you were born, or did she get saved after you were born? Yeah, she, she was saved before I was born. Okay. Um, what she told me was they came to the ministry – uh, when I was about two or three months old. Uh-huh. So since then, man, I've been a part of Full Gospel Holy Temple ever since. Okay. So. How was that growing up? Did you did you like growing to church that much, or was it? Did you really even think about it, or was it just? I really didn't think about it to be to be honest with you. Um, because I went so much. Yeah. I was. It was just. It was a custom. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw my church friends as really family. Yeah. Going to their houses, a few of them. And you really look forward to church, you know, because we had children's church, right. uh, several ones that have became 
good friends or who really I view now as brothers. Yeah. We still got that same relationship to the day, uh, to today. Yeah. And it's just flourishing. Sometimes you have the, depending on the time of when your kids are born, you right, know, sometimes right. they grow up together and, you know, they view each other as cousins, but it didn't bother me. Yeah. Even, um, even at the time where, you know, I wasn't saved, you just look forward to going. Yeah. I can imagine that. I mean, um, do you think this might be a, t- a different, a tough question? I don't know. But uh, do you think growing up in church desensitized you? Like growing up in a real church, like we we, we go to a real right. church, right? Like not, it's not just can- candy, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's real, like the real word of God. Do you think that desensitized you at first? Like, ah, this is just routine. Looking back at it, man, I, I, I don't think it did that. I think really it... It sheltered me from a lot of things. Which is a good thing. Yeah. A lot of people act like being sheltered is a bad thing, but, man, we, we're, we're like, when you're young, you're not meant to know a lot of the stuff that's going exactly. on in the world. Exactly. And so, like, a lot of times people get introduced to those things very early, and it's it's not meant for you no, to know those things. Not. So, I look back now, and sometimes I thank God. I'm like, man, I'm thank God I was sheltered from this or sheltered that's from right. that. Because that's right. um, who knows, you know, what hap- would have happened to my mind had I been exactly. able to I had, you know, exposed to something. I mean, even in the Bible, you know, God didn't want to. I'm sure he would have showed Adam them things along the way. That's but right. out of order, they got shown things that they shouldn't have known early on. Uh, I kind of just jumped in there. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, you were going in the same flow because, I mean, that that's definitely a true thought. Because when I think about some of my friends or that I did grow up with yeah. and who had the same thought process that, man, church kept me from this. It kept me mm-hmm. from having fun. Like, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. By the time I gave my life to the Lord, which was at the age of 15, I was so caught up in trying to get to know you know, who Jesus was yeah. that I really didn't pay attention to the things that I couldn't do. Uh, some of the things that I did notice or I'll say I had access to, I didn't do it just because I knew what was being taught. Like you said, man, we had the true raw gospel. Like, yeah. In your face, yeah. like I'm not scared. It is what it is. Right, right. And so, when you had those opportunities to jump into some things, all you, all I would hear was the man of God in my head. Yeah. You know, uh, or the teachings that my mom taught us. You know, yeah. if you if you die in sin, well, you, you know, you were going to hell. Yeah. And so, when you have that in front of you mentally, it's hard to shake. You know, take a sip. Okay, yeah. I can take a sip, but then I know if I come home with this on my on my breath. I got to deal with the real issue. Yeah. And then, you know, certain drugs. At the time, man, I was I was too busy trying to make it to the NBA. Yeah. That, that was my focal point. I'll be <laughs> honest. Yeah. I wanted to be, before there was a Kobe, I wanted to be a Paul. There you go. <laughs> so so I was so caught up into that that I knew the effects of doing drugs. And you heard so many testimonies, right, right, you know, right. in, in, at church to what happened when people did get caught up in it. So it, it because of that, it, it helped me to avoid a whole lot of foolishness. Right. So that's good. How was those? In, like I know, you know, you get it at church, but leading up to you know you giving your life to the Lord. I know I'm not. I don't want to jump the gun and like give you a chance to talk about that. Like God dealing with you, but leading up to that, you talked about the word and you said at home. How important was those talks at home? You know what I mean? Like oh, resoli- like I guess resolidifying what you was hearing at church. It it was everything. Um, you know how. Um, you look at the Bible and how he talks about um, how the fathers were supposed to teach it to the children. And right, it right, keeps right. passing down. Um, those moments at the kitchen table, 
Yeah. Saturday mornings, going over to Sunday school lesson. Yeah. Uh, going to Sunday school. I mean, right. they, they were they were monumental. Um, because, you know, as we're taught, it's one thing for the pastor to talk about it, right? Right, right. And when you're a kid, you hear it. You yeah. know, if it's one of them hellfire messages, oh yeah, you tuned in all the way because this, this is like a movie. Like this is yeah. really, this is what or we're talking about. Are you trying to go to sleep? Are you trying to go to sleep? But when you hear it over and over, over, right? You know, sometimes you know, going being young, you go one ear right after the other. But right. when you come home and you hear the same thing over and over again, it's hard to pull away from it. Train up a child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. When they get older, they want to depart from it, and that's a true statement. No matter what I did. Couldn't get away from it. Around what time was it when you decided to give your life technically to Christ? It was around about, I'll be honest, 13. 13? 13 was when I first time I got saved. And I knew it was real. But the peer pressure from my friends mm-hmm. was at the forefront of my mind because I wanted to fit in. Right. And when I noticed everybody around me wasn't living it, I remember when I backslid, it was Something stupid. You right, know, right, right. Just, yeah. man, and felt bad. But because I didn't understand, right. I went along with, you know, what everybody else was doing. So, right about that 15 age, man, end up leaving uh, public school, end up coming to uh, the private school, the church private school, a little bit, Mary Christian Academy. Mm-hmm. And just looking at the whole process, how God was doing it. It was about the age of 15. So what happened in that process? Like you said, you know, looking at the process of how God was doing it, like what was he showing you or what was he orchestrating that brought you to salvation? At the time, as stated, the only thing I cared about was NBA and girls. You know, yeah. that's, that's part of my testimony. Yeah, you know? it's most teenage boys. Most teenage boys. <laughs> <laughs> making it to the NBA and, and, and girls. And I remember that entire summer, um, the year before, that would have been my, my, my sophomore year. I didn't make the team. Yeah. Um, but – you know, if you watch any of Michael Jordan's films, you know, you hear about how he didn't make the team, but he went back and started, yeah. you know, practicing without a second thought. Morning, noon, night, rain, sleet, or snow. Yeah. Hot, not hot. I was on the court. Yeah. Shooting, dribbling. And my mindset was, I'm making the team this year. I'm yeah. going. And we moved. Mm-hmm. We ended up going to uh, a location in Dallas. And... I had a choice. He's either go to the church school or go to another the, uh, a public school. But a public school that was near near us at that time, gangbangers and all that stuff was going on. They had a bad reputation. So I'm like, yeah, let's just go to the private yeah. school. So yeah. you know, <laughs> thinking safety over the, the dream. And then when I got there, that's when reality hit. Yeah, there's no basketball team. Here. Yeah. Like, I'm in prison. So <laughs> you <felt>. that's, right. <laughs> that's how you felt? That's how I felt, man. I'll be honest. I was depressed the first week or two, maybe like the first month, yeah. because I don't think I kept thinking, I mean, I did all this work, yeah. and now it was like, for what? You yeah. know, I didn't know anything about AAU team, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So I really just kind of let it go. Uh, in that process, I began to really to adapt to the culture of the private school, you right, know? Right, right. Smaller classes. Right. The environment was, the focus was Jesus and what happened at church and yeah, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I'll be honest, man, I ain't, you know, I ain't hear that. all that, man. <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't here for that. So, yeah. But it was one teacher in particular who really started noticing things about me. Um, Mr. Borns, Chuck Borns. <laughs> that's my guy to this day. Yeah. You, know? you can mention his name and I'm cheesing from ear to ear. Yeah. That, that, is, that is my dude. We, uh, what he did one day. Uh, at that time, girl crazy like most young boys. He he pulled me to the side. He said, "Man, 
I know somebody that's interested in you. And I'm like, oh, yeah? <laughs> Who is she, Mr. B? You know? He said, he said I'll tell you later. I mean, how are you going to get me this interested? And you're going to say you're going to tell me later. <laughs> yeah. So he said, I'll tell you later. So almost at the end of every period, I'm thinking he's going to tell me. And each time, I'm going to tell you later. Just come back. I'm going to tell you later. So I'm looking across, all across the school, checking out the sophomores, freshmen, the seniors and juniors. <laughs> trying to, well, who is it? You know, I know it ain't nobody in my class. So I'm looking like, hey, is it, is it you? You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you're getting a side eye to the wrong people. Like, yeah, you know, I like, think it's her. Yeah, why is he staring at me? You like, you know, because all I'm thinking about is what he said. Somebody, yeah, yeah. you know, I know somebody's interested. So it's the end of the school, uh, uh, school day. Everybody's gone. And he told me to wait. You know, got everybody out the classroom. I said, hi, hi, what's up? I said, you know, who is it? He said, he said, well, this person really likes you. And they're really interested in you. And I'm like, hey, who is she? Who is she? He said, it's Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, man, I done waited a whole day. I'm looking at all these other different females. And you tell me it's Jesus. Like, I know this, but I wasn't expecting that. But right, that was right. the beginning of how God was getting my attention. Right. And he began to tell me some different things that, you know, God loved me, he had a plan for my life, and if I just gave him my opportunity. And I couldn't shake that. You right, know, right. I went on throughout the day and I couldn't shake that because I like no one's never approached me that way. Right. And then just to see how guys were doing some other things in my life, using different people. Uh, Sister Melanie Smith was one of the teachers there and mm -hmm. she began to, you know, say different things. And one thing she said in particular, and I was telling her, you know, I, I feel like God was pulling on me to give my life to him. And she stated, she said, one of the things she did say, she said, you'll be surprised how many people will follow you if you make that first step. I'm like, man, nobody going to follow me, man. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm a nobody. How you feel like, yeah. That's how you feel. Right. And so when she said that, I'm like, okay, because I was on the fence. Right. I, I stated, I was worrying about trying to fit in, you right. know, not knowing that I was already different. Right. But for her to say that, it just, you know, one one plant and one water. And so the increase came uh, a few months later. Something happened, went down. That should not have gone down. Right. And everything that turned, everybody put put it on me. And I'm trying to defend everybody else. But they were like, Paul did, Paul did. So that's when I found out what friendship really was and what it wasn't. Right. But it was all the setup, like I said. So I'm sitting at the kitchen table on punishment. And my mom was talking to me. And she's telling me. God loves you. Mm -hmm. He has a plan for your life. He wants to use you. But you got to be willing to let it all go yeah. and go this way. And as I, as I always say, like he went into one ear, one out the other. And when I was done, he, all I heard was this, this question in my head, will you live for me or will you stay off in the world? And I knew where the question was coming from. And I didn't want to deal with that. I'm 15. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking about the next party. Right, right, right. Hopefully leaving the school, all that. But... His love for me was greater. Yeah. And I'm glad that I, I gave into it. Okay. Yeah. And you did you you got same at the table? You, you kinda say that, but and that's where it started. But then you went to went to church tonight, the preacher got to preaching, like everybody say, I don't remember nothing he said. <laughs> I just remember sitting there because my punishment was I couldn't sit in the back of the church with, with everybody your, else. Yeah, you got to sit I had to sit on the I think it was the second row that night, second or third row. And it, I remember a few of my good friends were sitting next to me, and they yeah. he hawing, but I couldn't, I couldn't focus, man. Yeah, all I could deal with was God was pulling at my heart. Right, I kept, get, I couldn't get the question out of my head. You know, I'm focusing on the word like I've never focused before. I'm noticing right, right, songs right. I never paid attention to, and then when he made the altar call, what appeared to be like the longest walk of my life, 
was maybe no more than about 15 steps. Yeah. And it changed everything. Yeah. That's, a, that's wonderful. You got the Holy Ghost the same night? Same night. How did you feel after you got the Holy Ghost? I always try to ask people that, like, you know, everybody has a different, um, like, state. Like, some people are like, oh, man, it felt like a weight was lifting off. You know, we know how it, right. my hands look new. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the same story. It's the same story. Yeah. It, it, it's weird because when I tell this part, I, I, I hear people say it, but it's like you – it was almost like being a Disney world, if I could say, use that for yeah. an example. I, I literally remember coming. I was crying, and I you felt you just I don't know you just I, I just felt this weight yeah just really lifted you yeah. know and I remember coming up up through the, the the through the steps and it was like looking at everybody but everybody had a glow to them yeah it was like you saw sparkles in the choir stand and I'm thinking man what in the world what happened? has happened <laughs> in, in, a, moment. in that <laughs> moment like I, I wasn't even down here that long <laughs> like what 10 minutes like what happened <laughs> and so it was really like to say that you look at your hands and you don't they, everything just looked new you know right. it, it, it was the first time that I really really understood what everybody was saying so to be filled with the Holy Ghost that night didn't even really understand didn't understand what that was about. You know, right, I knew right, it right. happened. You know, I, I felt it. I heard it. They confirmed it. Right. But to really understand, it didn't. That didn't come to like later on down the line. Yeah. So what? what I guess. I guess that's what made me want to follow. So what? What happened like later on down the line when you understand? Hard to like started to understand what the Holy Ghost was all about and what the Holy Ghost really was. Because it's a lot of people that really don't know. They just this is true. It. You know what I mean? This like especially nowadays, people just you know. It's just a word to throw out, you know. Yeah, but they don't really understand what it is and what it what he comes to do. For me, it was um, kind of been women's convention. It had to be, like I say, it in '93, so that would have been women's women convention of '94. Man, um, it's crazy you remember these years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, um, my friends had kind of changed, so, right. so you know, uh, right. I passed there at the time. Was you know, was my classmate. Uh, we all get together and we're talking about the Lord all the time. So that's amazing. They they were talking <laughs> about it is. Uh, we were talking about Holy Ghost dismissal. I you know I probably grew up in it, but didn't know what it was. Yeah. You know, Holy Ghost dismissal. Dismissal, and so another other many words were the power of God is so high. Right. Where the ministry, the way you normally were in church, you know, everybody's oh, saying, yeah, yeah, you yeah. couldn't because the power of God was just, just yeah, it was like a flood. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a flood of the presence of God in the house. Right, right, right. So we were talking about that. And at that time, man, I, you know, I, anything pertaining to Jesus and God, man, I'm all in. You right, know? right, right. So we were, a lot of time, we would rehearse a lot of things that we heard. And then because some of the teachers grew up, you know, um, Fordham, Ninth Street, we ain't talking about basketball. We want to know more about that kind of stuff, you so know. And they giving you. They giving it to you. So, <laughs> man, we like little kids in the candy store. Like, oh, yeah. tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. So, when they start talking about it, my interest in in that began to enhance. Like, what is this that you're talking about? So, right. um, they would give us different examples of what took place when they were younger. And I'm one of those, thank God for the past, but. I want it now. Yeah. I want it now. Like, I want, I want yeah. my own encounter. Want it, yeah. So that that year, it was when um, Sister Jackie Williams and Sister Cherry Houston, they did a double that night. They wore the same outfit, um, 
sister, uh, 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 Jackie Williams, went up first and brought up, man, a powerful word. Sister Houston came behind it, and she was talking about uh, a dream that she had that Apostle Abyss Mary, you know, our founder, um, was leading us to, I guess, like this gate or something. Mm-hmm. And behind us, behind him was basically all of us. And we were running behind, trying to get to, trying to get there. Long story short, we made it through the gate, you know, grand time. Well, by the time she finished, you know, they made the altar call. People came to God say, um, Sister Shirley Mary came, Evangelist Shirley, Dr. Shirley Mary came behind and she was, you know, having words. Prior to the message, my mindset that whole week was, Lord, I want to I wanna see what's the Holy Ghost is missing. Like, I'm yeah, yeah. seeking him. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, fasting yeah. about it. Yeah. So I remember doing that often time where most of the time, you know, I'm talking or maybe just kind of observing. My eyes was closed, and I was praying. Like, yeah. I was literally just praying. I think the offering felt like an hour, but, you know, yeah, it might have yeah, been yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But in that time frame, I'm talking to God, like, right. Lord, I want this encounter. So after that, the word came forth. Dr. Shirley Mary got up, and she began to talk. Out the blue, I don't know what she said, but she, like, the power of God hit her. People began to stand on their feet. Man, before I knew it, it was just <laughs> the power of God hit, and folks got to shout and praising God, and it went so long. She just said, "You know what? Holy Ghost dismissal." When I heard that, man, I was like, "Yes, it happened." <laughs> so I remember people were leaving out of the church. Some people were still in the choir stand. They were shouting, praising God. You got mothers to your left. You got the men of God in front of you. Young people that you know that were living for the Lord. Everybody's rejoicing, trying to leave the temple, but people are stuck. Because they're still in the presence of the Lord. I think it's almost like Solomon. Uh, uh, what's that? I think it's Second Chronicles uh, chapter number 7, if I'm saying it right. We're talking about the presence of the Lord was so great that the minister couldn't even stand. stand up. Okay. So that's what it felt like. It was like the glory of the Lord was so thick. Yeah. It's this. You couldn't get away from it. Yes. Yeah. Stuck in there. So I remember trying to leave. And while leaving, I'm hearing myself speaking tongues. Right. And I could not stop. I got all the way to outside of the doors, and I'm walking, eyes closed, halfway open, tears running through my eyes, speaking the tongues. And there was one of my classmates was in front of them. He was a guest that night, and he had a, he had a great time. They're standing there talking. I'm so caught up into what took place, I can't get it off of me. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just, yeah. I, I'm I'm stuck. And I reached out and I touched him on the shoulders, and that's when the power I just just hit me, and I just hit the floor. And I'm just going just straight in, you know, as most yeah. people say straight in. So calling the presence of God, speaking the tongues nonstop, it didn't stop till we got to my house. Right. Just stuck in his presence. So Yeah. It's kind of hard for kids to, today. I mean, they don't get to get that understanding of having people talk to you about the move of God and how the Holy Ghost right. came to, you know, change people's lives and continue to edify us as we live say right, you know what i mean right. like they don't get to get that that's why it was such a blessing or it's always intriguing to me for me to hear about you know y'all stories back in the day anybody's story you know i'm like everybody got stories to be so right. i'm always like <laughs> interested on like how god brought people to the lord whether you grew up in church or you know you didn't grow up in that's church right. like how did god orchestrate your life to bring you to him it's always interesting and then for how a person came to know the Holy Ghost and how the Holy Ghost is here to help yeah, them. And yes. you know what I mean? Everybody's story is different. And it's always interesting because you hear people say like, oh man, I just felt this peace. 
that you may not even know you need it. That's yeah, right. I just felt this weight lifted. And you never you didn't even feel like you was carrying a weight until you know the Holy Ghost and, and it pulled it off. You're like, I didn't feel like that. Like right. and you don't right. know, you don't know you need it, you're just going through life that certain way. So that's always awesome to hear stories like that. And I mean, we don't we don't stop, right? Once we get saved, no, right? You don't. Now, you now don't. Now we what we say like that's the real that's when the real fight starts. <laughs> man, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm sure well, what's that? Almost twenty five thirty years almost, right? You've been yep. uh what's nineteen ninety three, this is what, twenty twenty one, so that's what I'll make you feel oh, you probably got saved when I was like four or five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna say that, yeah. <laughs> but um I mean I'm pretty sure there's been some some things that God has taken you through along the way. And that you've had to learn, like, okay, now I got to learn how to stand on this word as well. Uh, is there any any particular testimony? If you have more than one, great. If you got one that you can share with us that, you know, maybe it'll help build somebody's faith. Um, you know, you never know who's going through the same thing yeah, that you've already that's been true. through. So I just wanted to know if you had anything like that to share with us. Oh, man. Um, I think everybody feels this way that your life is like a book, a yeah. movie, maybe. Yeah. Um, I thought about this question, and... When people do ask, there are like two or three that really stand out. I think for me, um, being a family man, mm-hmm. um, I think I got married when I was 23. Mm-hmm. My wife was uh, 20. And right. so 20 years now, we yeah. married. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of ups and downs, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think the hardest part for me was trying to balance that and grow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, being a minister, fully understand what that was or, mm-hmm. or, or the calling that's on your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, for me, my struggle was you, you, you try to mimic the person who gave it to you, right? Right, right. Or who taught you. Um, I'm a big Kobe friend. I think you, we both know that. Right. And you look at Kobe, you look at Michael, and you can see the, the similarities of, you know, why he of their game. Yeah. And because you saw the success that he had, you just assume, well, this is the way I'm supposed, I'm supposed to do it. Do it just like that. Exactly. So <laughs> when I think about Pastor Obiz, um, his zeal for God and his passion for ministry, uh, I think every young minister that grew up underneath Full Gospel Holy Temple, or just really, you know, if you heard about him, right. you know, you wanted to mimic the things that he did. Right. Uh, because his his testimony was, man, it's phenomenal. You know, right, 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 right. Things that he saw, the blinded eyes coming open, the lane walking, and, you know, some of the stuff I saw, you know. Right. And you think about the things that he did to obtain it, you know, you kind of think, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do, you know. Yeah. And a lot of things I, I tried to mimic without understanding that maybe that is not the path God has for me to go down. Right. You know, and, that, and that's a hard pill to swallow, you know. That you're thinking this is what I'm supposed to do, so this is the way it's supposed to be done for me, but not realizing that you can have the same results, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it the exact same way. Right, right. So that was the piece that was hard for me to swallow. So in in that process, and since we're being transparent and I don't mind, that was hard for me. Right. I felt like ministry was up here. Right. Then family down there. Were down there and then everything else just kind of followed. So therefore for me it was God, ministry, family, and then everything else. Right. So many times that was that struggle. Right. Like, okay, 
That could be rough. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough because my mindset, like I stated before I got married, was just ministry. That's all I did. I mean, I'm right, right. a 16, 17-year-old kid. Instead of going out and hanging out, I'm going to revivals. I'm going to set up tent revivals with the men of God. Uh, I remember one time we went to a Greenville Four Gospel, and we went to set up a tent there. Uh, but the night before, we had to stay in the city where there was no hotel. We ended up spending the night at church. I'm excited because I'm spending the night inside the church. I'm sleeping on the pulpit. Right. Who's going to be excited about that? <laughs> I was, right? Like, <laughs> something's wrong with you. Yeah. But that's, that's I, I love God. Yeah. yeah. So to detach to that, man, that, that was hard for me, you know? Right. Um, so there were some things that we kind of bumped heads upon, you know, you, you need to keep your family first. I'm thinking, I am giving my family first, you know? Yeah. Um, but hey, what's what, that scripture? They that a single one. Ah, I can't think of how the single minded mind the things of God. Yeah, and, and, and they, those that are married to things you know pertaining to the, the spouse or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I was trying to paraphrase. Yeah, it. so it's like <laughs> uh, I know it says that, but that, that can't be what it is. You know, like come on, what's what's wrong with this method? But I, I it, it was down to, down throughout the years, some things that took place. That looking back at it now, I saw. Understanding it now, this yeah. is God's way of helping me get the balance. Because I was praying, Lord, show me how to balance this thing. You know, how, how, how do I do this, be the best version of, of a man of God that you, I believe you called me to be, be a husband and a father, providing all that at the same time without feeling like I'm losing out on myself. Yeah. And there was a situation that took place where I almost lost it. Yeah. I almost lost everything. That's rough. I mean, I can, I can see how that can be rough, you know, because... You said you got married in your 20s. And a lot of times, man, most people in their 20s, we still trying to figure out who we are. You know what I mean? Exactly. You still like, you don't really know. Nope. You know what I mean? You're trying to develop. It's very rare cases where you have people who are, you know, they kind of, they who they are. You know what I mean? Right. That's it. Right. But a lot of times we're still kind of molded and kind of getting into like, okay, this is this is just me. Like, this is just yeah. who I am. Uh, This is what I like. And that's just, that's what it's it is. Like, that's what it's going to be. And so... I can see that, and then you're trying to figure out who you are in in God. That's right. You know what I mean? Because like everybody, I mean, even as a minister, I've been through that. And you're like, man, God, <laughs> what do you really want me to do? I know you called me to do this. Right. You called me to be a minister, and then you're still trying to figure out what like what all that entails. And then you see the great men of God, and you're like, man, I just want to. Like, how do I get to that? Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. And like, and but then like like you say, then you have to balance like. uh you know, you get married or you have, like, I mean, everybody has different, like, circumstances and you have to balance work life and Man. <laughs> all of that. So, and and married life or, you know, being a father, husband, like, job, and then you're still trying to, like, God, okay, I got to give you time. Now you're tired. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot. So, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure that can help. You know what I mean? Like, how did you get through that? It probably can help a lot of Especially young young ministers. It, it, going well, through I'm gonna tell you how I got there. I, I like I said, I almost lost it all. Right mm -hmm. in that process of, it, I guess you want to call it project reset. Yeah, realizing that honestly, even while we're talking, yeah, because I'm one of those not stubborn, yeah, but headstrong. You yeah, know, if I have a solid thought in my head, that's you know, unless you can show me otherwise, right? This is the way we're going. So. Yeah. Looking back at it, if that had never happened, a lot of things that I needed to be who I am right now would have never taken place. Right, right. Um, one of the things that happened, uh, like I said, we you know I almost lost everything. Um, in that process, it gave me the opportunity to look at myself. 
Right. And, and that's hard for some people. You know, right. you are, you're, you're already your own worst critic, but then when you're placed in a position where you have no choice. And you start saying like, ah, it's me. Yeah, it's <laughs> me. Like, oh, okay, okay. When you said this, and I'm thinking it's, it, that's what it was. No, it was me. Right. You know, so I almost like, like Peter, you know, I, I, after, you know, Christ told him you're going to deny me. Okay. Yeah. You, 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 it happens. Yeah. And then you're looking at him eyeball to eyeball. It's like, and it's like, he uh, said it. Yeah. And then here he comes back and it's a one-on-one with you and Jesus. I mean, he probably much rather get, can we just talk among yeah. the disciples? No, no, it's you and I. Yeah. So in that process, that's what it was like for me. I had a one-on-one with him. And he began to show me the things that I needed to change. And it's like all this time I wasted right. thinking that this is the way I should have been. And, and, and looking back at it, he was showing me. No, man, I was I kind of pinpointed that out years ago. You just didn't see it. Right. So what it was, there was a certain minister. Um, I think his name was uh, Pastor David Paul. Um, I was talking to someone, and they were giving me his testimony, how he took his family overseas. And they went to go visit this minister who has, he's known to have the, the largest uh, congregation in the world. Mm. I, to this day, I don't know his name. Mm. The, the story is he went, they visit, had a great time in the service, and he also had the opportunity to meet the pastor. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to the pastor, you know, the, the normal formal, hey, God bless you, man of God, and joy to service, man, you have a beautiful church, and so on, so on, so on. And the pastor stops him. He says, you're right. He says, I, I do have the, the biggest congregation in the world. He said, but you have something I don't have. And he's like, what are you talking about? He said, I have a son who I love so much. And although I have all these people that I'm preaching to, I Mm -hmm. get a chance to witness to and counsel, he said, I can get them to come whenever the church doors open. But my son, who I love and seen growing up, who looks like me, has my name, some of my DNA and characteristics, I can't get him to come to church whatsoever. Yeah. And what he told him was, if you can find a way to make your ministry and your family into one, do it. Yeah. The pastor goes back to his home church, has a meeting with his congregation, and he told him, he said, from this point on, this will be the order of my life. He said, it's going to be God, my family, and then the church. Yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then let me know now, and I will go ahead and resign as the pastor. Nobody said anything. Yeah. But many times, that's, that's where you look at it, right? You think yeah. it's God, your ministry, then your family. Yeah. And when I thought about that, I said, mm, that that's a true statement. Yeah. And when he said that, that makes sense. Because it doesn't make sense for me to go out there and win the world with my own kids and my wife or, you know, danger for hell, yeah. you know? Or the rapture takes place and I'm gone and they're still here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think about that because we have this conversation, you know, as men and God at our church about how at, you know, your first ministry is at the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? We always talk about that. And I don't think people realize like that. That is, I mean, because even if you get up, if your family feels like you're not doing what's right exactly. at home. Exactly. Yes, sir. They'll be like, yes, sir. Him. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, right. and you know, and without, without saying it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, people looking at your wife's expression. If you say something like, yeah, like, what know, is he, what, does he really do? Yeah. You know, and, and not that your family will fake, but like you said, if it's real, they gonna display it, yeah. And, and, and when that happened, man, the, the shift in my home just changed, you yeah. know. And yeah. the scripture that really stood out to me was, uh, was this, I will perfect those things concerning you. Yeah. And that's the one thing I had to stand on. Like, yeah. God, my house, my life is just, what do I do? 
And so that that's that was that was one of the testimonies that stands out the most. That's a that's a blessing. I'm glad everything worked out. I love I mean, I love like when God works out oh, situations man, in everybody's life. Because it shows too like if you want him to work it out. Yeah, yeah. It may not, you know what I mean? Sometimes he's gonna have to show you yourself. Cause sometimes it's us messing it up. That's right. And that's then right. we don't want to we don't want to see that. Like, hey God, can you show me something else? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, that, that, that can't be it. That can't that be the Lord. That ain't the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, sometimes when you just, you know, listen to him, you start realizing, like, yeah, it's just it's me. And then God's showing you how to fix it. That's what yeah. he's not just gonna show you as you, but he's gonna show you how to fix it, which is what I love. Uh I know you're a singer, man. You know, get a uh, bunch of groups. I've seen as I've seen two. Yeah. <laughs> Only two? Only two. Oh well. And the choirs, yeah. So, so a bunch maybe of, three or four. So <laughs> I know you had some songs you were listening to to comfort you through your hard times. Man, um during that time, um, it was a song I cannot think of the name of it, but it was off the uh the war room, uh the movie The War Room. Um that I've never seen still. Man, and I, and I meant to look that up. I do apologize. <laughs> um but in the song, um, during that time when that when that movie came out, um, the guy was basically speaking about having faith. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of what you see, right. it's going to happen. You know, right. because he said, and a lot of times that's hard. You know, yeah. how 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 do I gravitate to something that I can't see? You know, yeah. and when I go to look at it, yeah, according to what you said. I ain't seeing what you said, you know. Uh, uh, what's that? I think uh, the the blind man yeah. who Jesus spit in the eyes. Well, first yeah. of all, let's talk about this Jesus. Yeah. He spit in my eyes. Yeah. Well, he said he opened it and he said, "What do you see?" He said, I see men as trees. Well, that's that's kind of what I felt like. Yeah. I hear what you're saying across the pulpit. I, I hear what you're telling me in my prayers, but my my life yeah. doesn't resemble what you're saying. Right. But you still have faith in that, and right. that was one of the things that uh, um, if. I do apologize. I don't. I can't remember the song, but that movie alone. Yeah, it, I think every song in that movie just spoke to me as far as War Room. Yeah, I know. If Jesus, was, if I'd have been around, he'd been spitting. I'd have been like, Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. Of all the things I heard you can do, I'm, and this is the one. I'm like, I know how to see you do some stuff. I hope this works. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, cause we about to be fighting. This don't work. You know, you start crazy. Are you the uh, real Jesus from Nazareth? I'll like, be like I hope this works, man. Yeah. Lord, you know, because I mean, in, in, in those things, as you you know, you talked about him fixing it, the way he did certain things, it, it was beyond my understanding, right, right? And you know, and that's really where having faith in God stands out the most. It's like, do you have faith when it's the things that you're comfortable with? Is that real faith? Or is it real faith when you do the things that you're uncomfortable with? Like, right. you look like, at well, Moses. You want me to go to Pharaoh? And, yeah. Well, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? How to go dip where? Did, yeah. <laughs> dip what? Do a huh? Is it Nathan? Or did Naaman? Uh, Naaman. 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 I messed it up. Yeah, there. Naaman. Like, like Naaman. Dip what? Of all the... But this is the one you want me to do. Like, you serious? Like, this, this. You know? And then you look at David. You yeah. know? No one told him to do it, but the fact that something is pulling at you to go stand up and fight this or, this giant. Or the uh, story is it? I, I keep mixing them. I always mix up the miracles between Elijah and Elijah. But the axe head, you just like just stick it in the water. And yeah. it's, gonna, it's gonna swim back. <laughs> you just like what? 
Or then the water is going to swim back. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. right. Or uh, make make me a cake first. Yeah. And, like, you want me to make you. All I got is a little bit of flour. Now it's going to be some oil now when you go back. Just go. You know, he didn't even say that. He didn't say you, it. you just have to trust. Like, yeah. All right. And yeah. so, you know, and, and, and I love ministers that can bring these these details up when they're preaching because this this is real life. Like, I, I have a good friend, uh, you know, Brother Ma Freeman. He may call him up next. I don't know. But one thing he pointed out was when a minister gets to preach, many times they tell you the beginning. Right. And then they go straight to the end of that that circumstance. No one really focuses on the middle. When he said that, like, man, that's that's a true statement. Right. We don't think about how people could have felt. Like, how would yeah. you have felt if he told you, "Hey, man, go throw your, y'all know your ex head away later. Just put, just put the stick in the ground. It'll come back." You'd be like, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, what? Sure, you know, okay, I'm gonna do it. But I'm gonna sure. do it, but that <laughs> makes sense. And I, I feel like God, when you read through the Bible, you see so many different because, it's like, let's go back to the blind man. Like, there's no. He doesn't have to spit on the ground yeah. and make clay. He's just a spoke. He, he, yeah, and he's just showing like, however I want to do it, I can get it done. And that's when you really think about it, like the guy we serve and whatever you're going through, like I just know he can get it done. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I know he and can do it. He could do it. He showed me. No, it don't matter like how. He can get it done. It doesn't matter how he has to do it, but he can get it done. He can get it done. Yeah. See, that, that's a sermon topic. He can get it, it done. Yeah, he'll get it done. <laughs> but I mean, but I, and I think like like honestly, it, it's that thing where you're stuck between how you think it should be done versus how he's already know he's going to do it. Right. And I know that was one of the things that you know that 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 got me like of all the ways to get my attention, this is the way we yeah. have to do it. Right. But in that process, what I can say, there are some things about me that had lied dormant that mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't, know. didn't know. You know, yeah. you're so busy doing the work right. that many times as a minister, you kind of forget about yourself, you know. Yeah. Being transparent, you know, there are some issues. You know, you're like, oh, I wish I had someone to talk to, but because right. you don't feel like you have it, you just kind of ball it up. Right. And that's where he showed me some things about myself that he knew about me. Right. And a lot of hurt that was in place that in the process, right. he healed me and brought me through. Right. That's what I said. This is, this is a different question. I know I, I didn't tell you about this before prehand, but how does it like, feel when you look out in an audience? Cause I know you, you work the camera, you're all over the place, you're conducting, you're doing everything, right? And you look out and you, like your whole family is safe. From your wife, Man. all the way down to your to your little ones. How does that feel? Man, um, I'm not crying on this. this <laughs> I tell you now. Uh, man, that is. I have no words to really explain it. Um, yeah. To go for almost eight years yeah. of looking out in the audience and. Um, not seeing them. Yeah. Um, children's program, and you don't see your kids, but you see somebody else. You know, being a right. cameraman, you see everybody else's kids, and right. you know, um, conducting, and you're hearing the different testimonies of different people who stood out on God's word and prayed yeah. for the loved ones. Right. And then the loved ones are getting up in a few minutes to preach right behind you, you know, and yeah, they yeah. just confirm it. So to have those battles. Right. Uh, mentally and spiritually and yeah. emotionally, and just to one service, just one service, 
right. to see God just change it. change it. And I'm looking out. I, I'm going to tell you what made it so real for me. It was doing a prayer service. Um, I am on the pulpit getting to conduct. And, you know, like your wife, you, 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 have, you ever heard of speaking tongues, you can pinpoint it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millions yeah, of people, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. matter. You just know it. Yeah. And I'm at my seat. I'm on my knees. I'm praying. And you hear different ones calling out, reaching out to God. And all of a sudden, I hear this sound. And I know it. That's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's my wife praising the Lord. Yeah. Then a few minutes behind that, it's my oldest son. Right. He's reaching out to God, you know. And so when I heard it, it was like, God, almost eight years. I waited eight years. Eight years to hear this sound. Yeah. And now I get to hear it every time I walk through the door. So it's 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 monumental. It's a monumental moment to look out and you see him supporting you, standing up for you, or just really just out there praising the Lord, you know, shouting and getting what they need from God. So be yeah. part to that question. Your oldest son, now you see him <laughs> up speaking. Yeah. Basically taking the same footsteps, sitting on the front row, being attentive, up speaking. Like how does that like Ooh. basically what you put in, not just what he's getting from church, because I mean, you don't. You, that's not just what you get from church. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You could tell when somebody's, it's being reinforced at the house. Like you know what I mean? You could tell, yeah. right? You know what I mean? And so, you see, I'm pretty sure, you know, proud on multiple levels. Yeah. To, just to yeah. see that. I mean, I don't know if you can find words to say, but if you could, <laughs> like, I, man, it's just godly proud, man, and and and. Oftentimes, at least, as the song said, you leave me speechless. Yeah. You know, I'm at a loss for words. And so when I see him, it's what comes to my mind, you know, train up a child and, and Jesus Christ the same. You know, yeah. Yesterday, today, and forever. And many times, you know, with um, a lot of the brothers that I do talk to, we talk about legacy. Yeah. You know, think financial legacy. Um that's usually the main thing that most people think about it. When I look at him, or really both, all three of them, more so him because he's the first, I just think spiritual legacy. Yeah. You know? And yeah. all the work that I did over the years um, in ministry, without even thinking God knew mm. that he was going to come behind me. Um, to see him out there, you know, praising God and, him sitting down front, as you, you know, you alluded to, and taking notes, that was just a conversation piece. Yeah. And he took the conversation and took it upon his own. And that's just, that's him. Yeah. That's his character. Um, if if I was to, and this won't happen, so help me God, if I was to to leave God, right, or if, if I was to die, that would still be him. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is not something that he's putting on front because, of, well, this is what my dad does. No, that's him. Yeah. We talked about it. But, that's his love. That's yeah. his love for God. That's yeah. his trial. That's his passion. Yeah. You know, so to me, it's now I get the chance to be on the sidelines when he's up, man. Right. And I'm, I'm, we talking about God, right? We, yeah, we, yeah. We talking about his, his messages and yeah. what you think about this. Like, wow. And what's profound for me is that I didn't have that with my dad. You know? Right, right, um, right. One day I will, you know. Yeah, yeah. But to know that. Whatever I didn't get, I now get to you know get to put in place, and yeah. he'll have the chance to carry it on through his, and hopefully it, it carry you know carries on down the bloodline. Oh man, see now you're gonna maybe ask you a different question. <laughs> see, which is which is good because you just say like what I didn't get as a man. You like 
I didn't just let the cycle keep going. Right. You know what right. I mean? I'm going to give it to him. You know what I mean? That's like right. I'm going to make sure I put it in him, and I think that's good for. You said a lot. Of, you said a lot of things t- today already. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you talking about the, you know, ministry and marriage. I literally heard. I just talked to somebody recently, and I was like, I don't really know how to say it, but you just said it because you experienced it, right. and they were going through. All of those things. I forgot to tell you that a while ago. But they literally, everything you said, they were talking about how, you know, they're, they're newly married and all they want to do is pray. And their wife don't understand. And I was just like, well, I don't know what to tell you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, man. Like, you know what I mean? Cause you, you, I don't want to say the wrong thing because that's a fragile. No, no, You no. know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. That's a fragile situation. And so, like, I was just kind of like, right off the... I said, like, man, I don't know what to say, like, right off the back right here. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like, so, when I mean, you came in and just talked, you know, talks about it. Sometimes you have to ask God, hey, God, show me me, and God developed me. And this person I know, they, they're a young person who needs that. Right. And now you're talking about something else, like, uh, you know, what I didn't give. I'm not going to let this cycle keep keep going. Exactly. You know, I'm going to see where I can give him what I didn't give. And that's really how it's supposed to be. You know, as me, I think we talked about that last year, uh, where I had the, the men on and they talked about it, about just, you know, being fathers and, you know what I mean, that that's part of it. Like, making sure yeah. they get what we didn't get and, you know, being that provider, protector, priest and giving him all of that. So now he can take and build upon that for his his family and it just keeps going keeps and going, going and every, right. it just keeps getting better. It shouldn't get worse. It should always get better. Right. So right. I, I love that you even brought that up to think like that. So it made me just like, man, that's a whole different Oh man, it's, it's it's a it's a different world, and I I can't say that I would have came upon that on my own. Yeah, like I said, man, I was just I gotta go preach. I'm gonna do this. I gotta you know, and, and not realizing that as I say, with a full understanding now, yeah, that ministry does begin at home, right? And like one minister told me, he said, man, I go preach all over the world. Yeah, he said, but what makes it beneficial is when I made my family a part of my ministry. Right. Therefore, they understand, you know, why I fast this way or why I study this way. Mm-hmm. And now he, he he was talking to me about his daughter. He said the thing that I was passionate about now has become her passion. Yeah. You know, because she sees it. And yeah. when you make them a part of it, it's like they understand the responsibility that comes along with it. You know, and some people get caught up in titles and Bishop this, I'm elder that. Man, I can care less about all yeah, of it. Too. You know, yeah. It's just a responsibility. But when you can bring your family in and they understand the weight of their responsibility, right. that takes a lot off your shoulders altogether. Right. You know, when you have to pray, I remember one time I had to preach. And, you know, I'm one of those I take that moment of studying. You know, man, that, yeah, that's yeah. a process within itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to have a wife now, and not that she didn't understand, but to understand it more so now. They understand that that's a delicate moment for me. Right. That she manages the house in such a way where I could do what I need to do to hear yeah. from God and everything else in between, and we never miss a beat. Right. And once it's over, right. I come pick up what I need to pick up, and right. we doing what needs to be done. Yeah. Like you're talking about that balance, and it has to be a balance, yeah. or it's not going. It's just not going to work. And it's not. And you don't want it to get to a point to where your spouse is now resenting God. Ooh, yes, sir. That's a statement. Of you. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you don't know, like, you're like, so God ain't telling you to care about us. You spend our time praying. You know what I mean? But he ain't telling you to think about us. That's like, right. That's so right. I'm just, I mean, it just has to be, 
I gotta show you how to keep that balance yeah. in. And then again, you get to see it now being like Man. trickle throughout your family and your kids and you know what I mean, them living saving. That's right. Going for God and then even your oldest getting up to speak and you can see it's like you said, it's him. And it's not just somebody yep. making him do yep. it. So that's a blessing. Um I don't have too many more questions. I know I had some more, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. But you know, uh even like I just gonna save anybody, I know you talk like that has been like very important in your life. I know you talked about your mother before you got saved. Anybody after you got saved that, you know, just been that maybe a friend or a mentor, somebody that's just been like a spiritual hero in your life. Man, um man, that list is long. <laughs> um I, I I can look at it now and I say, man, God has uh, truly blessed me with everyone that I needed. Mm-hmm. For whatever state um, stage I was in, right in my life, um, monumental. Mm. You ain't gotta say it if you if you gonna forget somebody, you gonna get some calls. No, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I, I can go down the list. I, yeah. I, I'll say, I, I'll mention the list, and I'll hope that they're listening. They'll they'll know. But no, nah, people know you. They know you. Yeah, they wouldn't charge it to your heart. I hope not. <laughs> uh, growing up. You know, stated, you know, like I said, my mom was definitely one. Right. Um, Pastor McMurphy. Yeah. Um, like I said, my, my dad was not there in the church. He was at home. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Wonderful dude. Yeah. Like, would give you his skin off his back if, if yeah. you needed to. You know, this yeah. type of dad I had. Um, fight the world for you, too. But other than my pastor, Pastor McMurphy, he was monumental with me coming up. Right. Um uh, he would take me to certain revivals, teach me certain things as a minister. Um, sometimes he would tell me things and it would go over my head, right. but I would listen you right, know, and try right. to, you know, hold yeah. on to it. And even to this day, if I need to call him, we sit and we chat and um, may get a bite to eat and he, he's pouring in, you know. And I listen. You know, yeah. I value what he has to say. Um, that's important people don't understand that even if you feel like it's not for you right then I used to always just try to take stuff and put it in a mental yeah, box I like, yeah. I just got, I'm like I don't know it's some reason that it's catching my attention mm-hmm. you're like you don't know why and you're just like I'm just gonna like nothing in my life is going with this right now but then sometimes you find out later on you're like man I needed that I, needed I remember that. when they said that's right and that's it right. comes up and it helps you avoid another situation it, you're man. like man so um so again, it's a blessing. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, it's no, a good. blessing to have people like that. And it is important to, even when it doesn't seem like it, like, I don't know why you're telling me this. And just keep <laughs> listening. <laughs> That's all you really do. Yeah. Like you say, because you never know when you're going to listen, but it's like, just just pocket. Yeah. In your pocket. You know, you yeah. never know when you need to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, another one's uh, Sister Vita Smith. Um, yeah. She, man, that woman there, that woman of God, she, um, street ministry-wise, Tell me everything that I need that I know that I know now yeah. uh, concerning doing ministry uh, on the streets as far as evangelizing. Um, Pastor C.C. Boyce, you know, I went out with him in the beginning and God, you know, led me to where I was able to work with Sister Vita Smith. And I mean, and just taught, just basically took me by the hand. Right. And, and if you had a chance to work with her, she was gentle with it. You yeah, know, stern. Yeah, but it was a godless stern. Like she right, didn't right. play because that you out there, it's, it's not. not it's not recess. It's time yeah. to get the work done. Yeah, and so to have someone there that was able to teach me the things they need to be taught. And to this day, there's nothing in the world that I would not do for that lady. Yeah. Um, as a mentor and brother, 
Cedric McCurdy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Cedric McCurdy was a monumental man. Because, you know, having a set of friends that was already going one way, you know, to have someone. And what was weird about uh, my relationship with him was the night that I did get saved, already on the fence. It was crazy because growing up, I didn't like him. <laughs> I did not like him. Because every time I saw him, he was up in the choir stand, and he was always smiling. I'm like, man, why is he smiling man, that's for? you. That's you. That, that, that was me. That's yeah, I you. was hating. I was hating. and Because I, I wasn't saved. I'm like, man, why is he smiling for? I just did not like the guy. But the night I ended up getting saved, I felt led to ask him, of all people, right? I told him, hey, man, you know, I'm thinking about giving my life to the Lord, and... You know, I'm not for sure what I should do. And he gave me what what I what needed to be said, and it was that one little word that God gave him to give to me that persuaded me that this is the way I needed to go. And from that point on, it was like months later down the line, we were going to a uh, I think somebody's birthday party, and I needed a ride. Yeah, came and picked me up, man. And from that day on, it was like that. That's cool. And wherever he went, I was there. And what I loved about it was. When you don't know yourself, I think you said that earlier in God, you just try to mimic those that are before you. So I was trying to be like Apostle of Biz and Bishop Kim right, right, right. sitting up his church like this. Right, right, you right. Know, can't breathe. And yeah, I tried, to, I tried to be Bishop Kim. Too. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it, man. They're just super stern. You're like, man, how, you know, they're quickening the whole time. You're trying to, oh, he quick, so let me move, you know. But to have someone that tells, that tells you, be yourself. Yeah. He called the young because they're strong, but he called you because... You are young, and you can win other young people. Right, he right, told me, right. man, I used to try to do the same thing. It wasn't until somebody told me, be yourself. Yeah. And that 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 made living for God so much easier that I yeah. didn't have to try to be somebody else yeah, he just to be me. deep in God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He saved me. I got my own personality. He just It's just yes, saved personality now. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, sir. That's how I look at it. He just... Made it a clean personality. He did, he did, man. <laughs> and here now, man, I just a, a plethora of, uh, of people like my pastor, Apostle Herman, man. Right. That, that man, beyond being the classmate, that man of God is real. And yeah. there were some things that went took place in my life where it, it blew my mind the support that he gave. Yeah. Um, I, I'll share this one. I hardly ever share it if it's okay. I, I received some news, um, and he he was trying to get a hold of me, and I missed his call. So after service, he wanted to see me. Got to the back, and we he told me what it was, and we talked about it. So as I'm going to my car, as I'm walking out the doors, I see something that just rocks me, and then yeah. I get the information behind that source, and it just floored me. And I'm, you know where the church is. I'm, I'm walking out the doors and I'm in that field and I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. bent over. I'm boohooing, man. Like, I can't believe this is this is happening in my life. And from that, a whole lot of things start happening. But he's leaving and he's 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 pulling out of, you know, uh, getting ready to go home. He stops the car, gets out the car, and he walks into the field where I am. You know, he didn't just pass by and pray for me and yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and act like I wasn't there. He stopped the car, got out the car, and he comes out to the field, places his hand on my back, and he just rubs it. And then I sit up and he puts his, his arms around me like a big brother, and he's, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, and he knew it's gonna be all right. And he spoke some other things to me, and and, and you know, got myself together. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And. Yeah. 
ever since then, he's always been there. Um, so with him, Ahmad Freeman, uh, Sister Odie Hayes, uh, you know, just just Charlie Hines, you know, yeah. Jermaine, even, even Charlie Jermaine, you know, uh, or you. Charlie, you know, all 82 Charlie. All 82 Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, 22, 2015, all of them, you know. Uh, uh, just a plethora of people has been there, you know, the members from True True Worship, yeah, um, Soul Harvest. I mean, just full gospel, holy temple, period, man. Yeah, um, it's too many to name, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah true Worship, like Throwback Night or something. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you, you mentioned something earlier. I keep it's been good. You just keep making my mind like think like it was. I've heard other people say this was a group of y'all that were saved as teenagers. Yeah. Do you think that's important for other teenagers to get around young people? And how like how did that really help? Not just you, but you think that strengthened all of y'all. Man, it was it was everything. You're only as strong as your uh, the group of people you hang around. Because I know you work with young the young people mm-hmm. now. And so like that's something you try to instill in them, like, hey, if you don't have nobody else to talk about the word with, you should get with. Most definitely. You know what I mean? And, and reason being, it's, 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 I'm 44 now. Yeah. Me talking to a 15-year-old is like them talking to the parent. Yeah. You know? Um, I, not that I look or sound like, but to a certain degree, I do. Yeah. You know? So to have different ones, um, 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 Cedric McCurdy, number one, uh, um, Angelo Green, um, um, Dion Wilkerson, right, know, right. my brother. Um, those are the ones that stand out. Marcus Island at the time, the, yeah. uh, the uh, um, Murphy girls, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anissa, and Jacquinette, yeah, uh, Tiffany now Green. All of us, and, and it's, I mean, it was a bunch of us because we were not pretty much close in age. To have someone that you can lean on, glean from, and know that they're not judging you. Right. Because right. whether a few years ago they went through the same thing or um, understanding right, what, right, it, what right. it feels like to be, um, quote unquote, maybe popular or just trying to find your way. Right. And to now you're in this new walk, things you don't do no more. Jokes you used to tell, you don't tell. It's a new life, right? Right. And you know, and you see most of the the older people living it, but then they have a group of young people that have the same love, the same passion, right? The same joy, and yeah. you can express it without them thinking you're weird. Yeah, you know, right. you're an outcast. You know, does it help with accountability? Oh man, yeah. Because when you have a group that want that wants to make it and wants you to make it as much as you want to, you push each other. Right. You know, um, we were. We were different. Mm-hmm. Friday nights, man, we were going to revivals. We were going to a full gospel of Fort Worth, Pastor Holland. Yeah. And, man, you talking about some knockout drag. Not not just 10 of us, sometimes yeah. 20 of us plus. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to praise the Lord. And then afterwards, we're going out to eat. And sometimes on the way to IHOP or whatnot, we have a church inside of the car. You yeah. know, the car <laughs> steamed up with folks speaking the tongues and praising <laughs> God. And no one's making us do it. It's the love that we have for God. Yeah. And that's what made us. And then what what was what, what strengthened that was you Congress. Like this is December, you Congress is next week for us. Right, right. Uh, 
we would we didn't have the internet, we didn't have social media, so we're on the phone. Homecoming coming around, we're talking to the other churches about how excited we are about you, Congress, getting them pumped up and excited. And they telling us what's going on in their city. And not that it was a challenge, but we were like, hey, let's go, let's bring it this year. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you Congress came, oh man, you thought it was like WWE and F, you know, <laughs> UFC. We we finna go, we finna go battle with the enemy. And the, when different ones would get up and preach, it wasn't like everybody sat there. Yeah. Was, you backed them up. Yeah. You know, if you can tell they were struggling, you heard the other young people praying. Press service, man, it, it wasn't the Fordham Road or you and uh, of old, man, it was the it was our generation. Mm-hmm. We were praying and seeking God. Yeah. You know, we, we were crawling out to God. We want the anointing. We want to see the blinded eyes open. We want to preach like Paul and do the things that I mean, it was us. So to know that Y'all you have that passion. I was asking for trials. Man, we were asking for it. They didn't know it you know? <laughs> <laughs> and was constant in that thing. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what we want. Because we saw the effect yeah, of, yeah. Of, of what happened when you went through it. And you went through it right. right and right. to know that the benefits of going through it the right way, regardless of what it costs, we wanted the anointing. Yeah. And to have someone that's pushing you three-day fast, what? Like, yeah. we got to give up. That matter. You yeah. got it, man. Like Hanging out. I'm praying for yeah. you. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I love it. I'm gonna let you get out of here, but before I do, I'm gonna ask you: Is there anything you want to leave with the listeners? And you know, you can just take the time and whatever you want to share with them at this time. Man, well, first of all, I thank you for the opportunity. Um, I wish I had done it earlier, but you know, God knows the timing. Um, I, I think with anything, one thing I try to uh, with our street team that I, um, I share with um, brother Minister Charlie, Charlie Hines. Um, one thing we try to leave in the mindset of our um, team team members is to when you go, be relentless, mm-hmm. you know, relentless pursuit. What yeah. does that mean? That's for me. You do whatever you have to to be the best version of yourself and God. Right. We, we're the best version for ourselves to work out. Right. We're the best version when it comes to our careers, um, you know, our, our health, yeah. finances. And it's so easy to not do that when it comes to the things man, of God. When it's so easy not to do it. So whatever you're called to do, be the best at it. Right. You know, not that you're trying to be number one or leave this known name. When I'm dead or gone, somebody's going to pick up wherever I left off. You right, know, right, do it 15 right. times greater. But right. while you're here, leave your mark. Right. And when you leave a mark, what does that look like? Right. Right. Uh, um, and be relentless at it. You know, if if you are a preacher, be the best. Right. Be the best version of yourself. You know, right. if you're conducting, be relentless at whatever you do. Right. Um, and don't let anything keep you and hold you back. Like in 2018, found out I had an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. uh, dermatomyositis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it weakens the muscles. Yeah. So there were times where I couldn't walk. Right. Um, I was barely able to lift up my hands. Couldn't even pick up a ball to shoot to shoot a basketball. Right. You know, go outside and shoot it with my kid. I couldn't do that. Right. But I told, you know, the chaplain, I called him, I said, I told him what, what was going on. And I said, man, no matter what, don't stop me. Right. If y'all got to wheel me up to the podium to conduct, I'm going to wheel up there and I'm going to conduct. <laughs> yeah, you know, I because. I would have helped you get up there. And I believe it too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. You know, what was meant to stop me, it only propelled me to keep going. Right. So I developed the attitude of being relentless, you know, and, and I try to push that in everybody. Don't give me an excuse why you can't do it. I'm not I'm right. not gonna take it. I'm not gonna because I don't understand it. Right, right, I, right. I've seen the worst of what I think is the worst. 
And I never, it never stopped me from going after the things of God. And it keep me, didn't, it wasn't going to stop me from preaching. It wasn't going to stop me from conducting, singing. And, and there was a point where I couldn't sing. I right. didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I couldn't hit a note. Right, right. Um, sounded like Barry White all the time, <laughs> you know, um, things of that nature. But I was, I was, I was determined to show God nothing's going to stop me. So if, if your desire is to be the best husband, be relentless at it. Be the best wife. Be relentless. You know, uh, whatever it is, not just, you know, in, in, in God, in life, period. Be relentless in your pursuit. Right. Keep God first in all things. Right. But be relentless at it. You know, and, I, and, I, and for me is really just thinking about him carrying a cross to Calvary. Yeah. He could have stopped at any point. Right. Could have called out, like you say, man, I can call out a legion of angels if I wanted to. Yeah. But he had you and I in mind, and he was yeah. relentless in that pursuit. I got to get to Calvary. Yeah. I got to get there. So that's where I look at it. In my pursuit for heaven, I got to be relentless. Got to be relentless. I love that. I make a T-shirt behind. I'm gonna that. keep that. I'm gonna keep that with yes, me. Sir. Yeah, I'm, I like that. Be relentless. It, it reminds me of just like you know athletes, and you hear about the great athletes yeah. and how they just don't let anything stop them from getting to that level of greatness they that's were right. trying to get to. And so I try to take when I hear stories like that, whether it's from boxers or you know what I mean? Basketball oh, yeah. plus football. Yeah. I always try to take that same attitude of, you know, one, discipline. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? And then how to push myself to go out to the things of God. Because, again, like like we just alluded to earlier, like, it's easy to just be like, you know. It's easy to quit. Yeah, you know, like, oh, I'll pray tomorrow or I'll read my Bible tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. Like, I'll go after God later. But no, I got to go out to God now. You know what I mean? So, like, don't put it on the back burner. Oh, man, I enjoyed this podcast. Yes, sir, man. I enjoyed this yes, episode. Sir. I'm so glad that you came by. And I'm going to go ahead and roll the outro. This has been another episode of the About Faith Podcast with me, your host, TJ Hawthorne. I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.